Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We have been following so carefully as a country and on this show as well, the wildfire situation. And there was a newness to part of it. We know it happens all the time. We know that storms happen all the time. We know that droughts happen all the time. But there's a sense, there's individually, they're all plausible, but there's a collectivity of this, isn't there? hurricanes and tornadoes maybe in places that that weren't before and hot, dry and early causing the wildfires. And again, arriving in Atlanta, Canada and looking to the left of my rhubarb and there's these huge cracks, like deep cracks and praying for rain out here in Atlantic Canada, getting the watering equipment out, the farmers and worried at this time of year, it's always about it's too wet and will it be dry enough to plant? Is there something funny going on? And it, and in everyone's minds from individuals to homeowners, to those who live on the coast, to those who are in the way of the wildfires, there has to be a sense settling on people. Do I stay or do I go? Or is this something new? Do I have to change everything I'm doing? We're going to talk about this. They did get some rain in Atlanta, Canada, but there is a worry from farmers, worry from farmers also in Western Canada. Alan Melvin is joining us live here this afternoon, a sixth generation farmer from the Annapolis Valley and president of the Nova Scotia Federation of Agriculture. Alan, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, Arlene. Thanks for having me on. There was rain in PEI yesterday, a lot of it, very cold rain. Did you get enough in Nova Scotia? Is this still a concern? Uh, Certainly parts of Nova Scotia uh, saw rain yesterday here in the Annapolis Valley. It it kind of bypassed us for the most part. There was a a light shower for a short while, but uh, it depended a little bit on where you were in the province, I think, as to how much rainfall you actually realized uh, come day's end. So, uh, here in, like I say, here in the Annapolis Valley, there was there was very little. So we're still we're still uh, hoping for some moisture to come come in the in the next short while. How how is this affecting farmers? You know, when it gets too hot, uh, farmers get worried. When there's wildfires, and, and they get worried, hot and dry and early. But is this changing the mentality here? People looking and wondering if there's a pattern. Yeah, certainly. It certainly feels like there's some change afoot. Um, you know, we've we've seen a very dry spring here in Nova Scotia, and I think most of Atlantic Canada, um, which which on on one side is is good for planting and, and getting crops in the ground and not having to duck and dive around the the rainfall that we normally see. But on on the flip side, there's there's with that limited moisture, there's challenges in in terms of uh, germinating seeds and 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 then plants that uh, maybe transplanted to the ground. Uh, plants and trees and things like that. Um, they need the rain to maintain themselves and, and to thrive as well. So um, we, we we've had a lot of challenges this spring, and and like I, I think there, there there's a lot more. What I'll say is there's there seems to be a lot more climatic variability. Some springs will have 
lots of rain, too much rain, and then others like this one, there just seems to be there seems to be no very little or no rainfall at all. So, as a, as as farmers, we have to uh, we have to compensate for that to to ensure our crops grow. So that involves a lot of extra uh, time and resource, money, fuel, and such to to ear irrigate our crops and, and try to help them thrive. But it's it's no substitute for uh, Mother Nature when she's uh, working, I'll say, effectively for us. No, as, as I was saying, when I got onto PEI, I saw the big watering machines that usually don't show up until the midsummer. Is there worry out there, Alan? Oh, absolutely. I think if this continues on through uh, through the, well, we're almost the end of May now, I guess, but if it continues on through June and July and into August, which are are typically our drier times. We're we're going to be challenged to uh, maintain the, the 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 water utilization that we're currently using. You know, we're dipping into our water reserves that we normally would save for 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 midsummer use. So, uh, in in some cases, we might might have backup sources. You know, deep high deep uh, high volume wells and such. But um, again, that that all adds cost and 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 labor challenges and. and and extra challenges around that to to get that water onto the crops and and the capital the equipment that we need to do that when when uh when things get as dry as they they are uh kind of shaping up to be this year. And you say this year. Can you remember anything like this because uh, on PEI they're saying it's the was the driest spring on record. Is this something do you have a reference point or are you starting to uh, to take a look and go uh-oh this this could be something new that hangs around. Yeah, I, I, in terms of historics, I don't have those. I haven't really made reference to those just with, with the activity we've had going on this spring. But um, I think 2016 was was a pretty dry year as well, but I don't think the spring started off the same way. So, you know, every every year is different, um, but I think the, the general sense of the community and the industry is that, and I, I expect if you talk to a meteorologist, they would say that the, the climatic variability and, and and uh, the you know we get a lot of, sometimes we get periods of significantly heavy rainfall and then longer periods of drought um there's a lot more variability in what the patterns that we're seeing uh over the last say 10 to 15 years compared to maybe historic so um yeah i i, I, I there's certainly concern around that and it seems to be shaping up that you know some when we get rain we get a lot of rain um too much in some cases mm-hmm. in a short period of time and then on the flip side uh, when things get dry, they get really dry. So the, that that's where we're at right now. It's a really dry side, and and uh, and so it requires the management uh, that goes with that, and and the the challenges with that. You're a sixth-generation farmer, so you know, I mean, you, you know the stories and, and just how agile you have to be. But it also dictates the kind of things that families grow and family farms grow. Is this this flashing across people's mind that they might have to change what they put in the ground now? I think you, you look at long-term trends and certainly... Um, farmers are are making those those considerations and analyzing opportunities for uh, changes in crops and um, you know as an example with uh, I guess the change the warm it has warmed here in reality over the last probably twenty to thirty years we're seeing farms such as a saffron farm on the south shore so um, and and the grape industry here in the Annapolis Valley is is really uh, 
sort of the polar vortex, I guess we had this this winter, but is really starting to thrive with the with the increased heat that we're seeing in in our in our microclimate here in the valley. So um, farmers are taking taking stock of of the the longer term trends and, and considering what uh, opportunities that provides and what challenges that may provide uh, may exist in the existing crops that we grow and, and adapting to that. So some of that is sometimes just varietal varietal changes in, in in the crops that you're growing, but in other cases it may be a a complete uh, complete change in the crop that you've you've historically grown and what you're going to grow into the future. So and that and that um, takes time, yeah. doesn't it? It does, yeah, absolutely. We've you know we've got our our processes, our and our equipment that are very much in many cases customized to the the crops that we're growing now. And and to transition takes a lot of uh, does take time and capital and investment to to make that change. And you know there's always a learning curve and and adapting to those to those things as well so uh it doesn't it certainly doesn't happen overnight and 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 you have to kind of look at it over the long term because if you make snap decisions in any given year uh the next year is going to do the complete opposite to you typically if uh if if past presidents is is any indication of future so um yeah we we kind of consider as an industry we look at long-term trends many farmers i would say look at long-term trends and, and opportunities that provides all right. During the pandemic, there was such a sense, and I don't know how many times I brought that up, or guests have brought that up today for some reason. We're still adjudicating everything that happened. But there was a push for people to get more connected with how they get their food. And now, as you look around and see that the climate and the world may be changing, does that matter? Does it matter how people feel and know about how tough it is in the business of farming these days? Yeah, I think it's important to 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 have the consumer connected to the farmer. You know, from a farmer's perspective, we want consumers to be engaged and know where their food comes from and uh, that it's, it's grown in, in the best possible way for, for them and, and their families. So um, I think that's very important at the end of the day to have that connection. And, and just as a, an aside, you referenced covid um, in Nova Scotia, when COVID first hit and the borders kind of shut down, the province only had about roughly uh, the estimates were about two days of food on the on the grocery store shelves. So, we uh, we as a province and as a region really need to uh, to focus more on 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 buying local as most as much as we can and uh, ensuring we have a, a sustainable food supply into the future. So when events like that potentially happen again and borders close for some reason, you know, there's lots of global events that can happen. Um, that we have a more stable food supply here in the region. So, um, yeah, part of that is certainly having a, a good, strong connection with the consumer. And, and we're always happy as farmers to, to share how, our, how the food is grown and, and how it gets to, the, to the, the customer's plate at the end of the day. But it's it's terrifying, and we went through it in the pandemic. We saw those shelves, and we were we rely on so much stuff. We thought there'd always been food on the shelves. We thought that we could always you know, buy a house. Uh, everything kind of is, is changing all around us. Alan, as we look at food as well, and as we talk about these threats from of the climate, we know Atlanta, Canada, as you know, went through Hurricane Fiona. That is hanging all over. I know a lot of people here in PEI are talking about it. And the wildfire situation out west and all the headlines last year about those soaring temperatures on the east coast, on the west coast there's a there's a sense that canada is waking up not just to national debt but to a change of foot would you agree 
I, I think so. Clim- from a climatic perspective, we're we're seeing change. Um, like I said earlier on the show, I th- we're on those long-term trends. We're we're seeing more heat units in in the valley, for example, and I would say across the region. So when I say heat units, the amount of sunshine and 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 uh, degree degree hours or units we we see on a, on a average basis from month to month over the course of the spring, summer, and fall. So. Um, we're seeing that, um, and it, it's going to have an impact. You know, it, what that final impact is is it is is a big question mark. I think right now what we're seeing is is that variability in, in weather trends, and and when we get a a rainfall, we get you know two inches of rain in, in four hours versus maybe an inch of rain over the course of a day, like a nice a nice a nice soft shower over the day, um, and then we get these severe droughts and and you know the the follow up wildfires and things like that that can come about. So um yeah i would i would say we're we're seeing we're seeing a change in, in the climate and as farmers you know we're 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 trying to respond to that and, and continue to grow uh safe sustainable food for 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 our country and the population uh, that that needs to eat so um that that comes with you know we we look at different technologies and as i said before varieties and and crops crop opportunities as well but uh yeah, certainly it feels like there's a change change of foot over the long term. But stuff grows in different weather. Annapolis Valley, of course, known for many things. One of the things is apples. And we know in certain fruit regions, that kind of weather doesn't suit them. It, it breaks skins. And we know different fruits and vegetables work in, in different areas. And PEI is potatoes, also Nova Scotia as well. But to be agile means to turn again. I mean, you're sixth generation. You're going to have to turn from something that you've grown every year. And what do you grow, Alan? Yeah, so we grow um, we grow cauliflower, uh, green mm-hmm. onions, uh, some romaine, and and uh, and uh, cabbage and leeks as well. So um, vegetable crops primarily, and um, and so, I mean, over the generations, that certainly changed. Even from my father's generation to now, um, we, we've we've kind of adapted and pivoted just based on, uh, you know, market trends and, and weather trends to a degree as well. Um, so it's it's ever evolving. And you're right. Um, if the if the climate continues to evolve, you know, some things end up being kind of pushed further north on, on in the country. Um, as an example, Christmas trees, mm-hmm. uh, a, a popular one is balsam fir, for example. And, and I think one of the long-term projections there is that, you know, balsam firs even possibly now don't, won't grow well here in the Annapolis Valley. You, you have to be in a more, uh, either closer to the coast, uh, like, uh, the South shore or further North where, where it's a bit cooler. Um, so, so we're seeing that in real time. And as I said earlier, you know, grapes have become a, a burgeoning mm-hmm. industry and there's much there's a growing opportunity there with new varieties and being able to grow varieties we haven't historically been able to grow here well so um yeah constant evolution and i think that's just part of part of uh part of the industry and our adaptability but also it is it, i would say it is a bit of a cause for concern over the long term how that impacts our our food supply here in the country well, we know, I know in Nova Scotia too, uh, there are um, people growing cauliflower. They have to leave it on the field because there's uh, not enough people to pick it or they have nowhere to, to take it. We're also looking at food waste, Alan, and not just in our kitchens, but on the field and farms as well. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's right. <laughs> 
and you you brought the cauliflower topic. That's a challenging one. There's there's a lot that goes into that in terms of market demand and and grade standards and labor challenges and and the climatic piece um, all kind of at times come together to create um, uh, harvest challenges and yield challenges that result in crop being left behind. And and that wouldn't be uh, singular to cauliflower by any means. Many of our horticultural type crops or vegetable um, annual type crops would would see that to some degree. Um, just based on weather trends, all of a sudden there's a potentially a, a lot of, of product um, and, and the, the market just can't absorb it at the end of the day. So it, it's it's challenging to get it off the field and, and realize the value. Um, so it gets left behind from time to time. So all right. that, that, that's the, you know, there's a lot of variables that go into that, but it is a concern to, the, to us as farmers as well. We never want to see food go to waste. So it, no. it's a challenging issue. Yeah, it's hard to see. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.